Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits and I'm bringing it to you real and unfiltered. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is for anybody who has struggled or struggled with confidence. I am talking to the internet's queen of confidence, Serena Kerrigan, and we are delving into all aspects of confidence. We talk about it in terms of self. We talk about building confidence and the positive self-talk that has changed her life. She has a strategy that I employed after hearing her on other podcasts and following her on TikTok. And it really does make a difference. So make sure you guys listen because I think it will really help you too. We also talk about it in terms of others. So not relying on external validation and being original. And then we wrap things up with her confident dating tips, which might have been my personal favorite part of the show. So make sure you guys listen through to the end. We have a really good conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy Serena Kerrigan. Welcome, Serena. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. Can't wait to dive in. I have to say you were on my radar for a while, but I really got hooked during the whole Miami dating situation, which I think was like kind of a turning point for you probably in your content creation. We can talk about that, but that was so entertaining, so riveting during a time when like everybody was kind of still in lockdown and all of that. So I want to talk about kind of the trajectory of your career a little bit and how it's evolved. But to begin, why don't you just kind of tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sounds great. Yes, Miami guy, we can absolutely dive into <laughs> if your you know listeners haven't seen that content yet. My name is Serena Kerrigan, Serena fucking Kerrigan. I changed my melanin when I was 18. I used to be really insecure and I created this persona, SFK, who's larger than life and she's a bad bitch. And I really leaned into that, you know, in college and post-grad. And I was a producer at Refinery29, creating video content for them. I left my job two weeks before the pandemic. I created a live dating show on Instagram. I dated 50 guys in 2020 over the course of three seasons. I created a card game based off of the show. I have three iterations of that. And then, yes, I did go to Miami to meet a random guy I met on a dating app. And I recorded the whole thing on TikTok. All, it, was a, it was like a real-time reality show, which is essentially what I did during the pandemic as well. It was fun to try a different format, like using TikTok versus Instagram Live. Mm -hmm. So 
I want to go back kind of to the beginning. Like, what was your kind of mindset? What was confidence like for you before you kind of had that shift and you changed your name and you you adopted this confident kind of persona? I think it was lack of control was really what I felt like. I felt like my happiness and my self-worth was always dependent on the other. So if a girl didn't like my outfit, if a guy didn't want to hook up with me, if a, you know I didn't do well on a test, I felt like anything that I wasn't receiving positive external validation, then my entire sense of self was, you know, in shambles. And I got to a point where I was starting a new experience. I was going to Duke where there were a lot of very smart, beautiful, wealthy people. And I was like, I have an opportunity here, you know, and if I to reinvent myself and if I am reliant in these next four years on like other people and the potential of their thought, right. It's not even like they think poorly of me, but they could, if I'm always on edge, worried about what people think, then I'll never, I'm not going to enjoy these four years. And it was such a gift to go to that school. So I was like, we got to just kind of like shift our mindset here. And I think that that's what confidence is. It's having control. It's feeling like you are creating the narrative and the identity of who you are. And if people don't like it, and if people speak badly of you, you know, it doesn't, it might puncture the armor. You might feel like the, like a a wound or like you might feel the stabbing, but it doesn't actually puncture. It doesn't create a hole. Right. And I feel like that's what confidence is. It's like, it's, it's really standing with yourself and being like, are the things I want to improve? Absolutely. Do I wish I had Emrata's body? Sometimes, (laughs) but ultimately I don't. And I do love myself like my best friend. And are there moments I don't like myself? Of course, but ultimately I see myself and I treat myself with the respect that I would anyone else in my life that I really love. I don't Mm -hmm. talk badly about myself. I hide myself up when I'm feeling down. And I, again, it's just like, I'm, I'm very verbal with how I talk to myself. Like I literally talk to myself in the mirror and it's like one of my main principles in terms of confidence. I feel like we you know, have been brainwashed as a society to hate ourselves. And we also know this because when you were younger or even now, if you said like, I'm hot, someone's going to say you're really vain. You're full of yourself. You're cocky. But why is me saying I'm hot and you're hot? Why is that a problem? Right? Like as long as you're lifting others up around you and not tearing them down, then I think that's, that's confidence. So much there that I want to kind of unpack, but back to the first thing that you were saying about like the external validation, I think that that is so pertinent, especially like right now, just with social media, even if whether you're a content creator, influencer, whatever or not, I think so many of us are on some level, like really reliant on that validation. Even if you have a private account with a hundred followers, like you're still posting and you're like looking at the likes and all of that. So how have you managed to like sustain that mindset? as you've kind of blown up and you're a content creator across all these platforms and you have so many things going on and you're really public and you do get a lot of external validation. And I'm assuming you also get like backlash. (laughs) Right. So I think that's a really great point. And I think that there was a moment pretty recently, I would say maybe like six months ago, you know, where I was so fixated on the number. I mean, like what other career really exists where you have a numerical attachment to your face, to your content, to your work. Like it's not like real, honestly, it's not, and it's not what should measure success, but obviously when there's a number, like that's how you really 
attribute your success. And that to me was really difficult to unlearn. I think as the novelty of social media has begun to wear off, which I think we all agree it, it has, like it was at the height during the pandemic. And obviously it helped launch my career and see, you know, fellow friends or creators like blow up overnight. And then, I don't know, I think in the last six months, I was just like, what actually makes me feel fulfilled? Is it a like, or is it someone DMing me being like, because of you, I talked to myself in the mirror and I'm beginning to like myself. Is it that yesterday I was on the street and a girl was in her car screaming at the top of her lungs. That's okay. You help me (laughs) at my situation ship. (laughs) Like, so I prefer that. That is to me, that is success. I could have a million followers and no one says that to me. I would have no like real impact on their life. To me, that is what makes me feel the most fulfilled. And so I think it's about stepping outside of like, what do you really love to do? And what makes you the most happy? What, What can I tell you? And then focus on how to constantly get better at achieving that. That's what's really difficult about being a creator too. It's like, you would get a viral video and then up, oh, we got we to gotta come up with another one. And I think that the creator game is like, who has time for intention? Mm-hmm. You just got to keep pumping it out. Yeah. It's like more about the pace than anything now. And I think that that, right. It, it depends what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. If you want the virality and you want the constant quick success and all the followers, sure. But what does that really mean to me? Like the most important thing to focus on is the community. Because the community is the one that's going to buy your shit and sustain your business and sustain mm-hmm. your brand. And the way to really create a community is by knowing the people in the community. Like I have a group chat with a lot of my followers. Mm-hmm. I obviously love having a bigger audience, but the reason for that is because I genuinely like, it makes me sick that women are taught to hate themselves. Like it literally makes me sick. And so if I can have a bigger platform so I can help more and more women. That to me is is what I'm really after. Do you ever feel tightness in your stomach sitting in like rush hour traffic or you feel sick to your stomach before a big presentation or something that is stressful to you? Well, that is because your gut, not your brain, is largely responsible for your stress response. So to manage stress and feel calm and in control, you have to give your gut what it needs to thrive. And Personally, when it comes to this, I really trust Just Thrive Probiotic because it's recommended by some of the biggest names in the health industry. I've been taking it for years. The founder has been on my podcast twice and I've learned so much about the brand and it's just done wonders for me. And you guys all probably know right now I've been going through kind of a stressful time and it has kind of caused a cascade of symptoms and I really feel stress in my gut. So Their products are so helpful and they have a product called Just Calm. So this is like next level stress management. It is a breakthrough formula. Their proprietary ingredients have been clinically proven to do almost the unimaginable. It can reduce perceived stress, improve sleep quality and energy, and even encourage better focus and flow. 
So Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm together make the perfect one-two punch to beat stress before it beats you. And you guys can go back. You can listen to my episodes with Tina Anderson. The last one was in April. So just scroll back there and you can learn all about this groundbreaking company that is really changing the game in the supplement industry. There's no fake marketing, no claims, just real scientifically proven results. So if you're looking for the best in gut health and mood support, choose the clinically proven award-winning power of Just Thrive. And you guys can save 15% off site-wide when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use the code BLONDE at checkout. Again, that is justthrivehealth.com and the code is BLONDE at checkout for 15% off site-wide. I don't know about you, but as a woman, I am typically pretty wary of ride sharing services. I'm always double checking the license plate, triple checking the license plate to make sure that it is who it's supposed to be. And you also never really know what you're going to get. So Alto is kind of changing the game when it comes to this. Alto owns its fleet of five-star safety rated luxury vehicles. They're easy to find. They're cleaned between every passenger ride and their drivers are W-2 employees. They're not contractors. So they're interviewed, background checked, trained and performance managed. So you always get a great ride no matter what. Alto is designed with you in mind, including an app music control so that you can control the vibes of the ride. They have chargers, Wi-Fi, complimentary water, a signature scent, and backseat AC controls in every car. And a lot of female partners share how safe they feel in their Alto compared to other rideshare options, like I was saying. Because their cars are marked, because their drivers are background checked, and all of that. So you can say goodbye to the rideshare lot. Alto picks up curbside at your favorite airports, including LAX, SFO, DFW, DCA, MIA, IAH, and Houston. Alto is currently on the road in Dallas, Los Angeles, Houston, Miami, DC, and San Francisco, and I'm starting to see it everywhere. So definitely check it out. You can download the Alto app and use the code BLONDE in the promotion section for $20 off your first two rides. Again, that's the Alto app and the code is BLONDE for $20 off your first two rides. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do like any kind of Q&A episodes, I get a lot of questions from people about how to change negative self-talk. Like that's a huge thing. And I think, like you said, it does stem from like we're taught to hate ourselves. We're taught to be insecure. Social media, especially now, like preys off of that. And it's like very like buy this, buy this, this will fix it. This will fix it. There's so much comparison. So what are some tips that you would have for somebody who's starting kind of like their baseline is like, I can't stop the negative self-talk. I'm comparing myself to like X, Y, and Z and Mm -hmm. I don't love myself. And so it's the same way when I'm like, when you get to a street walk, you know, an intersection and there's a car coming at you, do you stop or do you just keep walking? You have self-control and it's hard. I'm saying like, when it comes to negative self-talk, It's really like it's intrusive thoughts, which everyone has. We all have them, but it's really about being like, no, no, stop. Literally saying stop, 
getting in front of your mirror and literally looking at your mirror and saying, so let's say, for example, I was thinking you got ghosted because you're a worthless piece of shit that's ugly and not worthy of love. And you'll end up single and dying alone. Okay. We've all had that thought at one point. I know. Many <laughs> I have as well. So when you're thinking it, obviously it's really difficult to like stop it. But if you have to say that out loud, look at yourself and actually say those words, you're not going to be able to do that. That's so fucking mean. That's so mean. You would never say that to your friend. If your friend came to you with the same problem, the same situation, you would act so differently. So if you can't quote, just stop, then start saying what you're thinking out loud to yourself. Eye contact, try. You're not going to be able to do it. It's so fucking mean. And it's like, I think that that's, that's really major for that. Mm-hmm. And, then it's, and then really developing that relationship with yourself. I confidence coached a lot of women, 150 women during the pandemic. It was unbelievable how just the very act of like being able to look yourself in the mirror, make eye contact and just say something as simple as like, I love you. I got you. You're going to have a good day today. I know today was hard, but keep going. I got you. I hope you have a great day today. Really building that relationship. I'm telling you within a week, these women were like completely different people because think about it. You're literally like you've neglected someone your whole life. And, but that person is the one constant of your life. Why are we taught to not talk to them, to not love them? I give them that same love. You know, I get a lot of feedback. That's like, well, it's so weird. Or I cry when I do it. I'm like, yeah. Like if, you know, someone was living with me, for 27, 28 years, and I never spoke a word to them. And then I started speaking to them. They probably would start crying too. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's about that weirdness is positive change. And it's, it's to not be afraid of that. It's you, it's you. I've heard you talk about like being your own best friend and it makes so much sense because like we are with ourselves for our entire lives why not try to like nurture that relationship like you would with a friend? And I actually did that this morning. So I woke up, I was telling you before we started recording, I was like, I feel like shit. How am I going to get through this day? I have so much to do, but, but, but like all the negative stuff. And then I went to the mirror my best friend was here yesterday. And I was like, how would I talk to her if she was sitting in front of me right now, telling me all of this stuff? I would be like, you are fucking amazing. Like you got this. It might be hard, but you can do it. And there's something so vulnerable about it, like making eye contact with yourself, but it really does make a huge, huge difference. It's the key and it's free. Like you just need to see yourself. Like you're amazing. You're great. You need to see who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And then, so when you get those moments of the negative talk in the spiral, that is the moment that you don't go to your friend. You don't go to your boyfriend. You don't go to your mom. You go to yourself. Mm-hmm. And you try to talk yourself out of it because once you're able to do that, then when you read a mean comment about you on Reddit, mm-hmm. it doesn't really have the same effect on you anymore. I was like on the whole train of like reading mean comments about me. It was weirdly addictive, mm-hmm. you know, you know, nicotine, Reddit, like it's just all, <laughs> I'm all for constructive feedback. I don't have all the answers. I'm a fucking human being. I've made so many mistakes in my career, in my life, et cetera. But I take feedback very well and I'm very down for constructive criticism. But like when it's an anonymous person who I don't even know like who the fuck they are and they're just being mean, it just feels so counterproductive. And it made me feel very insecure and like not want to post. And so then I just said, literally no more, like no more. Like it it is a form of self-harm to actively 
read comments that are mean about you. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just not helpful. And it's like, I'm all for constructive feedback, but from people that genuinely want me to become better, you have more power over your thoughts than you think. It's about putting on the blinders and realizing that like your path is literally like no one else's. Like if we were cloned, we were cloned. <laughs> and I had Serena in London uh-huh. fucking killing it. Then yeah, I'd be like, okay, I don't know. Just like block her, <laughs> right? But there's no Serena in London. There's no Serena anyway. There's no replica of us. That's crazy. That's so lucky. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. But that's all the more reason that you compare yourself to anyone is literally the biggest waste of time. Their journey, whether it's better or worse than yours, doesn't affect yours. The only thing that makes you better at what you do is focusing on the work. Mm -hmm. Whether it's becoming a better person, becoming a better creator, becoming a better podcaster. It's how do I do this better? I mean, so focused on that. The second you look to anyone else, you're fucked because it it just, it's not going to make you any better at your job. Yeah. But, but there are creators that I really admire and female entrepreneurs that have helped me so much in my own business. And instead of being like, oh my God, wow, they're killing it. Fuck. Like I suck. It's like, oh my God, they're killing it. I'm DMing them right now, asking them to pick their brain and I'll absorb everything and I'll help them as much as I can. And they can help me. And that's, I made so many female founder friends like that, Mm -hmm. that we support each other's business. So instead of seeing them as competition, it's like, No, they get to fuel my own success. Everyone deserves to indulge in some self-care and meet their skin goals and feel beautiful. But oftentimes it is not possible, whether that's due to financial limitations, even just going to a spa sometimes can be really stuffy and intimidating. So Face Foundry is here to change that. Face Foundry is an efficient and effective focused facial bar specializing in all things face, facials, lashes, brows, and skincare. And their mission is to help people feel good because when you feel good, you do good. And the world definitely needs more of that. So when you go to Face Foundry, you are welcomed by skin experts that meet you where you are and they help you reach your skin goals no matter what. And education and inclusiveness are at the root of all that they do. So they're asking you questions, they're getting to know you and your skin, and then they're able to recommend better products for you and your skin. They focus on the face and they make maintenance and results-driven skincare approachable, affordable, and accessible. They also have their own product line that was formulated, manufactured, and distributed in Minnesota. And their hero product is their collagen spritz. This is their holy grail. It's a straight-up magical product. They partnered with a German skin chemist to formulate the product, and it uses a soluble form of collagen that is formulated at a molecular level to be systematically absorbed into the skin. So it really helps with plumping and hydrating. You can use it at any time of the day as a serum, as a makeup setting spray. It's amazing. Or just as a light refresher. So you guys can definitely go to their website and check that out. And if you aren't by a facial bar, stay tuned because one is likely opening up near you soon. But right now they have 20 plus locations across the country and counting. So you can look for them in Chicago, Phoenix, Houston, Nashville, and 
more. So you guys can go to facefoundry.com and you can use the code blonde at checkout for $20 off your first service or online order. Again, that's facefoundry.com, face, F-O-U-N-D-R-I-E.com. And the code is blonde for $20 off your first service or online order. And you can also find them at facefoundry on Instagram for more information. I have a few ride or die wellness products that I cannot live without. And the following is one of them. So I'm talking about Element, L-M-N-T. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix. It has everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. And you might be thinking, salt? Well, it turns out that a lot of us are in need of replenishing electrolytes, whether it's from working out, just keeping an active lifestyle, eating a really healthy diet that is really low in salt. Even after just having a few glasses of wine, your body needs to replenish electrolytes. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. I've talked about this before, but my old nutritionist, Rob Yang, who I'm working with again, told me years ago to start putting salt in my water. I just couldn't get around the taste of it, but he said that it was really important for fluid balance and actually helping reduce water retention and bloating. So Element is the easiest way to do this because their electrolyte drink mixes are delicious. I love them. I have at least one a day. They have so many different flavors. I love the citrus salt, the orange salt, the watermelon salt is really good. I love the mango chili if you want something a little bit spicier. So definitely check them out. Element can do so much for your body. It can also help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. So right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors and then decide which one or ones you like. And you can also share Element with a salty friend. So get yours at drinkelement.com slash blonde files. This deal is only available through my link. So you have to go to drinkelement.com slash blonde files. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash blonde files. And it's totally risk free if you don't like it. They will give you your money back, no questions asked. Again, drinkelement.com slash blonde files. I love that. There are so many things that I'm that I'm like thinking of right now. Just thinking about like the the piece that you were saying before. I remember I had, I think it was a therapist on my podcast who said like we devote so much time and energy in our lives to thinking about what other people think about us and like how do i know what anybody is thinking and what they think about me is none of my business and she said it's basically like a 20 second rule like somebody might think of you for 20 seconds and then go back to thinking about themselves you know it, it's never about you yeah. it's always about them because yeah. whatever triggers them to think about you is connected to them i know a couple like two weeks ago, my husband and I 
filed for divorce and it was a public thing and we like had to put out a statement and I knew that like it was going to be all over the news and we did it on a Friday afternoon. So it would kind of like blow over. And if that had happened a couple years ago, I would have been in the comments on TMZ reading every single one. But this time instead, I went into Instagram. I blocked all of the words that I thought somebody might like his name, divorce, whatever. Like I can filter all that shit out. I didn't get one mean comment or I I limited comments on my post. I was like, uh-uh, not going to see it this time. Like it doesn't fucking matter. I didn't read any of the comments. I was so proud of myself. Out of sight, <laughs> out of fucking mind. Yeah, out exactly. Sight, out of fucking mind. I can't even begin to describe how important it is. Like yeah. breakup. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Literally congrats. Like let's fucking go. <laughs> Best days motherfucking ahead. Breakup, like mean comments, like even honestly, even other people that make you feel insecure, it's okay. Like, it's okay to admit like this person seeing their success makes me feel a certain way. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you have control. You can create boundaries. I think it's really scary how much time we're scrolling and looking at other people's lives on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like it's really fucking weird. Like follow half-baked harvest. I don't. She's, she's like a food content creator, but she's big. She has like 5 million followers on Instagram, I think. And she's been doing it for like 10 years. And she came on last week and she was like, I, it seems like I'm on all the time and she's putting out content, like churning it out across TikTok, her website, Instagram, all of that. But she's like, my screen time is like two hours because I don't scroll. She's like, I just don't look at what anybody else is doing. And And that's also why she's so successful. Exactly. Focused on her work, not what other food content creators are doing. How do you do that on TikTok? Because I know that a lot of people are switching over to TikTok. I get a lot of questions from people who own businesses or are starting to try to like have a presence online and all of that. But I feel like on TikTok, so much of it is regurgitating trends and seeing what other people are doing and applying that to your own content. So how do you stay original? Um, I mean, I think it's fun. Like I, those little like moments, but that's not what's going to garner you an audience. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I don't follow any creator that's only doing trends. Mm-hmm. All the creators I follow and that I know are super successful have created their own series. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like, I literally went through a really, t- my first really viral video that kind of created, I think my ethos on TikTok, which is like the kind of, I would describe her as like the queen of confidence, like that kind of like tough love slap in the face that you needed, but like mm-hmm. in the best, like the, the nice Regina George, for example, mm-hmm. <laughs> or the Regina George that really just wants you to love yourself. That's my brand on there. And the first video I did was literally like a video to myself because I was in a situation ship and it wasn't a fuck. Yes. So it was an absolute fuck now. And that was like my, my big first video. And it was just like, all the excuses that we make for people, like for guys that don't want to date us. Like he's too busy at work. He just like says you're too close. Like he can't, he's too busy. Like bullshit, all bullshit. If someone wants to be with you, they're going to be with you, period. They're going to make time for you. <laughs> but that video was really like kind of me talking to myself in my mirror, being like, ah, nah, nah, no, no, no. And then that really set the stage for my content on TikTok. I think, yeah, obviously like the, the great thing about TikTok, and I think it's spilled into Instagram as well, is that it's very casual. Like you can make a video, it can flop, no one gives a fuck. Like there was such a like, you have to be perfect and curated and have a million likes on Instagram. Like that doesn't exist on TikTok. Yeah. So that should make, you know, people that want to create or business owners like feel free to kind of just experiment and see what happens. Mm-hmm. If I don't know what to make, I'm like, what would Serena 10 years ago want to hear? What would Serena five years ago want to hear? Because at the end of the day, like the creators that I follow are offering me value. You know, whether it's how to dress, how to cook, like it's, it's 
for what value can you provide? So I can provide value to my 20 year old self because <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck I was doing in terms of like relationships and confidence. So I just simply talked to her. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I also, I just think it's also a mindset. Like, are you watching TikTok and getting jealous of other creators? Or are you watching it just because you want to enjoy it? It's like mm-hmm. you can decide, yeah. you know, and get inspiration as well. How has all of this affected your dating life? Amazing questions. So, <laughs> so it was interesting. It's like, obviously, like I found success through a dating show mm-hmm. that I created in my living room which is just so crazy that I did that. Like looking back two years ago, like I was literally like in quarantine, just like, I'm like, I'm just going to go live and like date guys blind on Instagram live. And then it just fucking went crazy, popped off. So I really set the stage. Like I'm the dater girl. I'm like the bachelorette who made herself the bachelorette. <laughs> I loved because it's like having agency over your dating, like your career, whatever. I love that brand. Then on TikTok, I did more of the confidence coaching. And then I finished Let's Fucking Date. And then I was like still doing the dating content though. Cause everyone loves dating content. Mm-hmm. And then I did the Miami guy about like last winter. And I basically to let, you know, your listeners know, I went to Miami <laughs> and I met with the guy on Raya and he was like, you should come to Miami. And I was like, you won't like buy me a flight. He was like, yeah, I will. And I was like, let's fucking go. And I just literally knew nothing about him. I just <laughs> did it for the plot, which is my, my tagline. And it was, it was so fun. I obviously like have come from reality background. I did the dating show. Like I am a producer as well. I loved producing that whole Miami thing. I mean, it was real, but it was also like, I knew I was what I was doing. Yeah. It was so fun. <laughs> I found that after I did that experience, I noticed such a shift in my dating life. Really? I think that, yeah, because I think it became really well known. Like, oh, Serena is going to go on a date with you and she's going to vlog the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like people know. Did he know at the time? Like, did he follow you on TikTok? Oh, at the time? No, of course. I like, you know, put his, like, I put totally put him on blast with his like texts, like his voice note, like so funny. I and remember that. He was like, I saw the TikTok and I was like, <laughs> he was actually amazing about the whole thing. Like he was in on it mm-hmm. towards like, in the beginning, he was like, fuck no, don't do it. And I was like, you're ready about the fight. You're fucked. Like it's <laughs> happening. And I said, I'll never put you on camera. I'll never film you. Like ever that mm-hmm. your consent but then by the end he was like like let me talk in a little bit like in the background like let me tell them how it's going tell them how it's going Serena like you gotta get got into it because men love that shit they love yeah. their ego being stroked yeah but so he was actually like such a champ and obviously like it fizzled out but honestly he actually just texted me being like I'm in New York like let's hang like we're friends now absolutely no interest in him romantically whatsoever <laughs> but I found that when I got back to New York there was a shift and so I was like I need to go on dates for content. And then no one really wanted to go on dates with me or they did, but there was something about meshing my dating life and content and my job. Like let's fucking date was okay because it was pandemic. It was like my start. Like it was really like it, but then now making my entire brand on TikTok as well, like the dating girl going on dates just for content. It it was, it began to really deplete me. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like if that video didn't do well, that not only did I have a really shitty time on the day that I went, you know, my video didn't do well either. And I felt like I wasn't being taken seriously on dates because I also wasn't taking them seriously. Right. Using them as a content machine. Mm-hmm. And I found that I got really, really anxious because I didn't feel like I had control over any part of my life, like the personal, the private or the public really. Mm-hmm. And 
I went to therapy. I started a new therapist. I've never talked about this before on a podcast. Like I've never like talked about this, but I really feel like I, I realized that I was using the contents and the, I'm not ready to have a relationship. This isn't for me. This is for my, like, I have to focus on my career. Like this can't, like I need to, as totally as a way to disguise what I really was going through, which was like, I had blockages. I had things that I was needed to work on personally. Mm-hmm. Like there was reasons why I was scared to like d- take it seriously. And I was using the excuse of being the like bad bitch, self-empowered, all you need is yourself brand, which I had done really well as a way to avoid confronting what I really felt, which was fear mm-hmm. about dating. Mm-hmm. So I decided therapy was super helpful. And I, then I just decided like, I'm done, like I'm done the dating content. And, you know, I met someone and it's the first person I've never, and like, by the way, like I'm, I'm not, I'm still single fully, but I, it was the first time that I was like, I'm absolutely not talking about this person on social media. It was the first time I've ever anything like, you know, like I'll, and I, and I, and moving forward, like, I'm just not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I kind of want a hard launch on my wedding. <laughs> like, I'm married, bitch. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> I love that. It's funny. I was thinking about that today because my soon-to-be ex-husband was super private. He was never on my content. But a lot of people are like, oh my God, your content is going to get so much better because you're going to share your like strangers are saying this to me. Like, can't wait to see like you're dating. And I'm like, I don't think I ever really want to share that though. Like it's so important to have boundaries with that stuff as a content creator. Anybody, like you have to protect yourself. I feel like, I don't know. How do you have boundaries with it now? Well, I mean, that's the thing about SFK. Like, I think that like, I am, okay. Like I feel like I created a persona on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. like right now you're talking to Serena, but like on Instagram, like in TikTok, like I'm a, playing a role. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of like, you know, people are very, they very confused in the beginning. They're like, who is this girl? that's like yelling at me and <laughs> Serena fucking Kerrigan. Like she, what the hell, who is this girl happens more often than not. I only care about the people that actually take the time to get to know me. I can't like control people's, you know, 20 second thoughts about me. But I think that I thought a lot about, you know, is it better to play a character on the internet or to just be myself? And I, I really struggled because, and I ultimately decided I wanted to be a character. It depletes you. You can't put your whole, I mean, people can, I see creators do it all the time and then they get burnt mm-hmm. out because they don't have anything for themselves. I like having that barrier and that boundary because if someone doesn't like something or like they don't like SFK, like that's fine. Like that's, you don't know the real me. And the real me is like, I'm protecting her for people that like are actually take the time to get to know me and are in my life. And that can be on the internet as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that another thing I did in terms of my dating life was I told people that I started dating, I said, please don't look at my content. Please don't follow me. Don't look. I know they're, they're gonna, mm-hmm. but I'm like, but please don't like, yeah. that's not me. That's like, you know, I'm not like at your office watching you on fucking Excel, like doing <laughs> gibberish right. calculations. Like I don't want you to watch me at work. And a lot of the men that I've been dating, like really respect that. Truly. Wow. I think that I'm setting the tone and I think they're like, oh, wow. Versus mm-hmm. I used to go on dates and be like, yeah, like I started a dating show. I have a card game. Like I literally would flaunt it because mm-hmm. I am very proud of it, but like, that's not how to date. Yeah. What are some of your best tips or things that you've noticed have helped you? when it comes to dating, because I know like confidence is such a huge thing with people right now and 
what's like your mindset when you go into a date? If you don't like yourself, like you have to date yourself first. And that means the mirror talk, no mm-hmm. more negative self-talk, the mirror really nurturing that relationship with yourself. And it takes time, but you have to do that first. Because if not, anytime someone rejects you, you're, it confirms how you actually feel about yourself, which is if it's bad, then, and you spiral out of control or two, you settle for the first person that gives you attention might not even be on your level, which I used to do. You have to get to a, like a headspace of like, you're the one choosing. You're not the one being chosen. Like you are the one choosing. Are they, have they earned a second date with you? Have they earned a second drink with you? I get questions all the time. Like I want to leave a date, but I'm, I feel bad. Feel bad for what? Mm-hmm. Like if they can't keep up, like you don't have time. Like time is the most valuable currency you can never get back. Do you recommend a FaceTime before an actual date? I think it would save everyone a fuck ton of time. <laughs> but like I didn't do it. Okay. I wish I did. I think that, you know, within the first three minutes, if you like them or not, I do think that if the date is a little, you're like a little hot and cold, definitely go on the second date because mm-hmm. sometimes people are just nervous. Mm-hmm. They tell you exactly who they are on the first date. Mm-hmm. Everything that they tell you exactly who they are. Like, it's just, you see it, like you, how they interact with you, how they interact with their server, how they show up, how they talk about themselves. It's really like, once you love yourself and you realize that you're in a position of power and that you are choosing, first of all, all of a sudden you seem more desirable mm-hmm. and you also feel more in control. I also really detest this horrific patriarchal bullshit of there's not enough great single men out there which my mom and I talked about. My mom moved to New York from Argentina when she was like around my age, like in her mid twenties. And she's like, everyone said that. There's no, no men. They're all gone. <laughs> like, she's like, bullshit. I met your dad. And so did everyone else met their husband or, yeah. or their partner. <laughs> that myth is very much like circulated as a way to create anxiety. And when we're anxious and feel scared and there's a scarcity, we grab onto what we can hold. And that's not, I'm not, living in this life to grab the first thing I can find, mm-hmm. like never settle. I love that. And, 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 you know, I don't know anything about your situation, but like I said to you, the first thing I said to you, when you're like, I'm getting divorced, I'm like, congratulations mm-hmm. because you're young, you're hot and you're smart and successful and you have so much of your life left. So why not be happy and Thank find you. that is going to, you know, make you happy. It's your next chapter. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was nervous, like as the relationship was kind of coming to the place where we were deciding to separate and all of that, because a lot of my single friends were like, it's a fucking nightmare out here. There's no guys They're they're They won't commit. They, but, but, but like just all these horror stories. And I kind of had your mindset though, where I'm like, there's somebody like there's somebody out there for everybody. You see people where you're like, who the fuck, but there's somebody for them. <laughs> so I love that about the scarcity mindset and, and not just grabbing onto something just out of fear and, and also like having the choice because I think so many of us feel, and I know like myself and old past relationships, I, I would feel like I didn't have a say in the matter, if that makes sense, like in the relationship. So I was just like, yep, this is it. Everything I wanted in my life, I made happen. Like not the exact timing. You know, I thought I wanted something. I ended up getting something better. But more often than not, in terms of my career, especially, I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. And I do it because I have that abundance mindset. Like, I just like, I'm, it's just like, it's going to happen. So like you literally create your own reality. You literally go into it being like, it's a nightmare. I'm never going to find anyone. I'm going to be single forever. I'm going to dry up, be alone. Yeah. Okay. 
That's, that's your life. You choose. You are the writer, director, producer, star of your fucking life. You create reality. You create the truth. So I think, you know, you decide like, and I got very granular about what I wanted. Like, what do you want in a partner? Like I was, I knew exactly what I wanted, but I never like had the courage to say it because I think that part of saying what you want means you have to be okay. Also not getting it. But like, the thing is, is that when you say what you want and actually believe that you'll get it, you will. Mm-hmm. So instead of being like, I'm scared to say what I want in a partner because I'm like, no, I will. So I just mm-hmm. did. And so I, I really, that culture of like nightmare, never going to like, it's a war zone. It's just like <laughs> toxic ass behavior that the patriarchy wants because they want yeah. us to be submissive in marriages and not speak or have sex. Yeah. <laughs> I shared about this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, but I got really good advice and that was to write down on paper what my ideal partner is, like all of the qualities that they would have and then be like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to become this because like water seeks its own level. Like you attract what you are, all of those kind of like cliche things. But that was, and and I got that advice like years ago before I got married. But I thought that was so helpful because it takes the pressure off of like finding someone who like checks all. It's like, no, I'm going to focus on becoming that relationship with yourself. That's what it's so crazy to me. That's what I do what I do because I'm like, how is this not taught in school? Like the relationship that you have with yourself will literally dictate everything about you. Mm-hmm. Everything. It will dictate your job situation, your home, your family, your friends, and your partner. I can control going on a date and controlling the qualities that are going to pop out of this guy. Right. And I can control the qualities that I have in myself and know how to look for them. And the way to know how to look is by right acting and behaving in those ways as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I like to ask all of my guests one thing we should stop doing today and one thing we should start doing. I'm going to say a couple of things. Stop drooling. Stop looking around. Stop looking around. Start looking at yourself. Stop looking at, like, just focus on yourself. I think that that's when it happens. Focus on, am I having fun? Am I happy? Do I feel good? Do I look good? All about you. And then I think, Start talking to yourself in the fucking mirror. Like it's three, <laughs> it takes three seconds. And if it's, yeah. if it feels funky and vulnerable, good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the pain is, is that growth. I love that. We should challenge every single person who's listening to this podcast when it's over to look in the mirror and say something to themselves. Hey, I got you. Hi. Yeah. How are you? I love you. It can be very simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. Serena Kerrigan across all platforms. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, be real. And let's fucking date. I created a card game. I have three of them. And if you are dating, if you're in a relationship, if you're with a group of friends, if you're going to a bachelorette party, this game is for you. So check it out on letsfuckingdate.com. Really fun. Amazing. Thank you so much. It was so fun talking to you. Likewise. hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie.